Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. No, you guys, we have to tell you what we were just watching a second before we came on because we started the recording in a panic to maintain the same energy. So... If you are on TikTok, you may be familiar with a woman by the name of Amelia de Moldenberg. She hosts a show called Chicken Shop Date, where she has various celebrities on and she does these kind of cheeky interviews with them. So recently, she's also been doing red carpet coverage and she was on the British GQ red carpet in November interviewing Andrew Garfield and then was again interviewing him at the Golden Globes. And they have this thing, like, I don't know how else to explain it. I know sometimes we say we're going to put the links in the description and then we forget. I promise you, we already have them saved. Putting the two links in the description so you can watch it and then come back and listen to this and you'll feel our excitement. This started because we were going to talk for a second about the Critics' Choice Awards red carpet and how Andrew Garfield looks so handsome in burnt orange. And then Julie was like, yeah, you know, he's been wearing burnt orange a lot. And we went back, found this video and then rewatched the one from November. And like, this is... I kind of feel like this is every girl's fantasy to have him flirt in this way. First of all, this video has been really viral on TikTok for the past couple of days and comparing it to the GQ one. So everyone was really going crazy about this. But I feel like I watched it almost passively. And then just now, as we were starting to record, I just, it like hit me when he touches her arm, like the way they're flirting, like the banter. Banter was the word you were looking for. It was so good. And you can tell there's this real natural flow. And I feel like, you know, in a time when so many awkward red carpet interviews are highlighted and then constantly talked about at no end, this is such a refreshing change because you can tell he's having so much fun. They didn't get into any work questions. There was maybe one serious question that he kind of even made fun of her for asking because they have this just great dynamic. I don't know. It's like, I'm getting hot and I don't even know why. I think it's because in the last two months, I've had a awakening in terms of just how strikingly handsome Andrew Garfield is. And I've wanted to see him be flirtatious like this. So then to see him be so naturally flirtatious with someone who's also giving it right back to him is just so much fun. More shameless flirting on the red carpet in 2023. I live for that shit. I always have. I think that you can tell so much about a person by the way that they flirt. And I mean, and if this is an indication of Andrew Garfield, fucking sign me up. He would be so good on a first date because you can tell he's so down to just have fun. You know, I I don't know. I, I think, tell me if you agree with this. I've seen so many interviews with him and not to say that he isn't playful, but he's so deeply respectful is like the best way that I can put it. And oftentimes he's talking about really difficult subjects with so much grace. For example, I know he's spoken a lot about grief in a way that I've actually really connected to, but I I feel I haven't necessarily seen this side of him. So I wasn't expecting him to, you know, have this, like I keep using the word cheeky because they're both British, but like I didn't expect him to have this kind of cheeky of a side that has a little bit of a sexual undertone in this way. Okay. So interestingly enough, my thing with Andrew Garfield is that 
I've never seen any of the Spider-Man movies previously, but I was almost forced into seeing the newest one with where they're all in it. Like it's Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, like, you know, that whole big thing. (laughs) And after that, I became like a little bit obsessed, not with the movie, but like with the cast and the cast interviews. And I really discovered that side of Andrew Garfield during that whole thing. And so seeing this like natural progression makes so much sense for me. I can only imagine how validating it is if you've been following him since the beginning though. Also imagine how validating it is if you're Amelia. This is the dream right here. And to have this recorded, there is so clearly a mutual, even if you want to take away attraction, there's just such a mutual understanding of one another's sense of humor in a way where you can tell he's genuinely enjoying it. And I feel that for the most part, celebrities dread red carpet interviews. So to be able to come on the scene and have this presence that makes people, specifically someone like Andrew Garfield, excited to talk to you, where, you know, I think typically two and a half minutes feels like a really long time when you're on the red carpet being asked the same thing a million times over. For him, I felt like this could have gone on for 10 more minutes easily. Easily. You know what I'm feeling with Andrew Garfield right now? Mm. You know how sometimes you'll learn about a pop culture event and then you'll become obsessed with it and you're like, wait, fuck, I wish I was like around for it or I wish I paid more attention to it at the time. Like, I hate the fact that I'm only learning about this after the fact. I want to be like, in the moment when it was happening. That's how I'm sort of feeling right now about Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I'm like, I did not care about them one bit when they were together. And now I want to go back in time and like know what that was like. Okay, so yes, but also how much more fun is it to have a newfound interest in him when you know he's single? You have such a profound ability to take anything (laughs) and make it a positive twist. Like You don't even realize that you're doing it. I could give you any scenario, anything that I'm like remotely like, oh, about. And you will find a way without realizing it to like be like, wait, but also. <laughs> I know I'm deeply optimistic, which I do in general think is a really good quality. I fear it can sometimes be annoying and I'm sorry if it is. It's just my default. No, I don't think it's annoying at all. I think it's funny because I don't think you realize that you do it. Like <laughs> I don't think you were recognizing the fact that you were like consciously trying to make a situation that was inherently not... <laughs> pessimistic because it was just like rooted in fantasy and then take that and then make it an optimistic situation. Like you didn't think consciously about the fact that you were doing it. Of course not. I guess that's just how my brain works. But also going off of the fantasy thing, to me, you can fantasize a million times more just from this one interview than any interaction with Emma Stone because now it's like, oh, so this is how he acts when he's single and when he's maybe a little bit excited. Like, let me get in a room with him for one dinner and let's see how it goes, you know? Right. I'm so much more enticed by the flirt and the banter than I am by like the upside down Spider-Man kiss. Right. Or even even like a waist grab on a red carpet when they're dating. Yes, it's fun, but I just fucking live for flirtation. And remember how last week on the regular episode you were saying when Julia Fox was on Watch What Happens and Andy asked her if the man she was describing going on the dates with was Drake and she responded, maybe. You were like, that maybe scratched a particular part of my brain. That is exactly how I felt about this interview. Andrew Garfield behaving in this way scratched a part of my brain I did not know needs scratching. I so agree. But you know what the ultimate is going to be though when he actually goes on chicken shop date. I know. And how fun to be excited for something already that hasn't even happened yet. I almost like don't need them to date. I just need this to be an ongoing bit between them. Like, okay, you know how they always say in sitcoms, like the show gets ruined when the characters that have the sexual tension actually get together. And then it's like, what's the point of the show now? Because like the whole will they, won't they was what was keeping us in. That's Mm -hmm. how I kind of feel about the two of them. Like, I don't want you guys to get together yet because I'm, or like at all maybe, because I'm just loving this like flirtation, will they, won't they? It's just so fucking good. Oh, I, I appreciate that so much more. And you know, it's funny if you remember when she had Jack Harlow on, I remember so many of those clips going viral because Mm -hmm. Jack Harlow in general, I would say is a naturally flirtatious person. And she also has that personality where she's super comfortable and can kind of bring it out of someone. But seeing this flew Jack Harlow out of the fucking water. Cause I think the thing about Jack Harlow is that he relies on the smoothness people expect him to have. So he doesn't have to actually lean in. Whereas Andrew, it it was, I don't know, it felt almost like a a more intellectually stimulating. It was British on British flirting instead of American on British flirting. It created a big difference. Yeah, and I was so here for it. Wow. That interview is just going to make me watch Love Island. I honestly, (laughs) I agree with you. 
Anyway, back to the Critics' Choice red carpet, which is how we even got on this because the Critics' Choice Awards are happening as we are recording this. So we're not going to be able to really get into it, but we did want to talk about a few red carpet things, which is for me, Angela Bassett in that strapless black Christian Siriano gown took me out, Julie. Breathtaking. Also, Michelle Yeoh, two for two. She was one of my best dressed at the Globes and she's one of my best dressed tonight. And then... So Nisi Nash is wearing this strapless Jason Wu gown. And I mean, she looks amazing and there's a lot of cleavage. Like Twitter right now is talking about how they're afraid that the dress is going to pop out. But what I have to say to that is I respect so much someone who can commit to the strapless gown because it has never been able to work for me because I am constantly pulling it up the entire night to the point where I feel it takes away from how the dress looks. So when I see someone that has boobs nail a strapless dress, I'm in such awe because it's something I have never been able to achieve. You know what the only thing worse than having to pull your dress up is? Mm. Hearing your mom's voice in the back of your head going, I told you not to wear a strapless dress. I told you it was going to fall down and you were going to spend the entire night trying to lift it up, but you wanted to wear it. And they're always right. And I have many a times I found a strapless dress that I loved and I've just gone to the tailor and have them put on straps. It's an easy fix, but sometimes you just want that strapless neckline. It looks best with a necklace. And my my boobs aren't even that big. I'm a 34D, but it's just never worked for me. Maybe it's because I hate wearing bras so much that I refuse to wear a strapless bra with the dress. Oh yeah, that could be. I don't know. It just like, I just don't want to keep pulling it up. But I'm so glad you just said that neckline thing because it brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up to you, which is I saw recently this discourse on Twitter that was like, necklaces are out. And I was like, that's stupid. Necklaces are obviously not out. And now I'm looking at all of the Critics' Choice outfits tonight. And there's a lot of missing necklaces with a lot of low necklines. I know. And I saw that exact same discourse, not only on Twitter, but also on TikTok. And at first I didn't believe it. And then I started watching some videos and I was like, oh, they're right. I mean, I get it because I do think certain dresses a necklace can take away, but I think a necklace can be such a gorgeous statement piece. I do too. I mean, first of all, I wear four necklaces every single day, regardless as like a stack, but I... I feel like I couldn't imagine wearing a dress with a lower cut without having some sort of a necklace. I feel like, again, another mom thing where like my mom would have never let me walk out of the house without a necklace on with a neckline like that. But you also have to remember in the context that they're discussing it, which is these really glamorous red carpets. Yeah, they may not be wearing a necklace, but they're also wearing like Lorraine Schwartz borrowed gorgeous diamond drop earrings. So I do think that the other jewelry plays a role. Oh, of course, it definitely plays a role. It's just, it, it was just crazy for me to see that on Twitter. And then the first event after seeing that, I was like, oh shit, are they right? Yeah, no, it's definitely happening. It seems to be a slight movement. Anyway, so the Critics' Choice Awards are literally happening as we're recording this. Not much to get into there, but I am so glad we remembered to watch that Andrew Garfield clip right before we started because that just really excited me. Me too. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. 
With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. This is so upsetting, as I'm sure you all are aware by now. Last Thursday, Lisa Marie Presley passed away suddenly after going into cardiac arrest via TMZ, Lisa Marie went into full cardiac arrest Thursday morning at home after complaining of severe stomach pain only hours before. Family sources tell us Lisa Marie's ex, Danny Keogh, performed CPR until paramedics arrived. First responders were able to get a pulse after administering at least one dose of epinephrine, but she died at the hospital surrounded by her family. We're told she was pronounced brain dead at one point while on life support, spurring her family to sign a DNR, which is a do not resuscitate, which eventually led her to having a second cardiac arrest and eventually passing. This is so upsetting. I mean, it, just Tuesday, we were watching her and Priscilla at the Golden Globes, Austin Butler thanking them on stage. We saw her on the red carpet, which she definitely did look slightly frail on Tuesday and like something was a little bit off, but you know that could be for a million different reasons. I don't think anyone expected this. And her mother, Priscilla, put out a statement saying, It's with a heavy heart that I must share the devastating news that my beautiful daughter, Lisa Marie, has left us. She was the most passionate, strong, and loving woman I've ever known. We ask for privacy as we try to deal with this profound loss. Thank you for the love and prayers. At this time, there will be no further comment. I just, I mean, if you saw on Tuesday at the Globes, she was doing an interview with Billy Bush, and you could tell she was kind of unsteady, and she was standing next to Jerry Schilling, who was a longtime friend of Elvis's, and you can see her say, you know, I'm just going to hold on to you for support. But I don't know. You, you don't want to assume what's going on with someone. Who knew? I, I, this was so devastating. This was so upsetting and shocking. I mean, like you said, something was definitely not right at the Golden Globes, just like you were saying about, you know, the interview with Billy Bush and, and other footage from the night. But I mean, to go from being there celebrating the movie about her father so then two days later getting this news, I mean, I, I really, I can't believe it. It's really, really upsetting. I can't even imagine how their whole family is feeling, specifically Priscilla. I just can't imagine that there is a worse pain in the world than bearing a child. And it's just devastating. I mean, in terms of her life, as I was saying, her ex-husband, Danny Keogh, who was performing CPR on her you know, until the paramedics arrived, she first married him in 1998 and they had two children together, Riley and Benjamin. Trigger warning for suicide from what I'm about to say. Their son, Benjamin, actually tragically took his life at the age of 27 just a few years ago. But her and Danny were married for, let's say, six or so years. And 20 days after their divorce was finalized, she married Michael Jackson, May 26, 1994. They were only married for a few years. She filed for divorce in 1996. But there's this now famous interview from 2010 that she did with Oprah where she reveals that her and Michael had attempted to reconcile you know, for a few years following their divorce. And she kind of had traveled to different parts of the world to be with him. And then, which I think is a part of her life that people forget about. So she was engaged in 1998 to this musician, and she actually broke off the engagement after meeting Nicolas Cage at a party. They got married August 10, 2002, and he filed for divorce on November 25, 2002. So it was very short-lived. I think it was finalized about two years later. And then in 2006, she married a guy by the name of Michael Lockwood, who was a guitarist, a producer, a director, and they together had fraternal twin girls, She then filed for divorce in 2016. But interestingly enough, her ex-husband, Danny, was the best man at their wedding. So again, they had stayed very close all those years later because they were divorced in 94 and he was the best man at her fourth wedding in in 2006. But I just, this is so sad. I mean, only recently, because like I was saying, her, her son, Benjamin, took his life in 2020 and Just a few months ago, I think it was five months ago, 
She shared an essay about her grief with people where she said, I already battle with and beat myself up tirelessly and chronically, blaming myself every single day, and that's hard enough to now live with. But others will judge and blame you too, even secretly or behind your back, which is even more cruel and painful on top of everything else. I just think that she lived with a lot of pain throughout her life. And I I just feel so bad. I don't even know what to say. It's such an upsetting situation. And like you were saying before, you know, her mom knows now what it's like to lose a child and she herself struggled with what it was like to lose a child. And it's just awful. I was reading actually the whole essay that she had written for people about grief, which I really recommend everybody reading. And you can just tell like, of course, this was just a woman who was in a lot of pain. It is such a sad situation. And, you know, the other thing, of course, she is the daughter of one of music's greats, but she herself had a music career. It started with a a posthumous collab with Elvis that was initially shared in 1997. And then after, she had three of her own albums starting in 2003. But I just, it's, it's so upsetting. And I just feel so sorry for anyone who loved her and for her mother. I can't even imagine for her kids. It's, um, that's a huge loss. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. One thing about Lori Harvey, her birthday party is going to bring out some really famous people. You know, I don't often get FOMO and I can't describe the feeling of not being at Lori Harvey's birthday necessarily as FOMO, but I can associate the feeling closely. Yeah, it's just the magnitude of fame is kind of overwhelming. She's very, very well-connected, obviously. She also recently confirmed her relationship with Damson Idris via an Instagram story. It had been rumored for a while now, and there were these photos of him and Michael B. Jordan that I guess they had been friends prior to him dating her, and so the internet kind of went wild about that. But she's just killing it. I don't know. I, like 
For someone who I had never thought about up until two years ago, I think about her randomly a lot. And she's just seemingly on top of the world at the moment. And you know what? And I can't blame the world for allowing her to be on top of it. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but she was interviewed by Adrienne Bailon, I think on E! News. And Adrienne was asking her, you know, what's one of the craziest rumors that you've heard about yourself? And she says, you know, I've heard that I dated a father and son before, which is absolutely not true. And that was in response to the rumors that she dated both Diddy and his son, Justin. So she officially kind of denied that. It's not that I ever was convinced that was 100% true, but I was very intrigued by the fact that it wasn't. Well, it's funny because there's all those memes about how you get to the certain age where you think the guy's hot, but you also could totally go for his dad. It's like that very specific age range where both work. And Diddy and his son, Justin, happen to be the prime example of two that really work. Like, even though it's a bizarre concept and not something you're trying to do, you're not trying to date both the dad and his son. If you hypothetically were, that's like (laughs) maybe the most fitting pair. So it was funny to hear her deny that because I had seen that so much on Twitter. (laughs) I want to turn down a family day with the Brosnans, by the way. No, certainly not. Also in a hypothetical world that Denzel was single, him and his son is another good one. There's a lot. <laughs> this, is a <laughs> this is a dangerous game. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be. Yeah, but anyway, confirmed Lori Harvey did not date both Diddy and his son. Also, a few other relationship things just wanted to mention. Emrod and Eric Andre on a date in Manhattan. Apparently they had dinner that lasted three hours. There's the photo of them kind of walking out. <laughs> looks like the best day of his life. I'll tell you that right now. He looks like he just got back from Disneyland, the movies, Eminem world, like anything else that you could possibly think of, like all rolled into one day, like the Bahamas. Like I, I can't even <laughs> explain the look on Eric Andre's face. <laughs> he looks like us when we go to the Froyo shop in Florida and they have the cinnamon flavor, you know? You know what? Yes. Also, Pete and Chase Suey Wonders continuing to be seen together. No confirmation, but just want to keep it on everyone's radar, specifically while we're mentioning Emrata. And then, I mean, okay, Phoebe Bridgers. So as we know, the internet has been speculating for a while now that Phoebe and her boyfriend, Paul Mescal, have split up and that she's moved on with Bo Burnham. There was no confirmation, nothing. It was kind of just a rumor. And now there's a photo of her and Bo together at the airport and Twitter's losing it. And still no confirmation of a breakup with Paul. Like this is, you know what? I'm like obsessed with Paul because of normal people, but it's not like a couple that I paid that much attention to in regards to him and Phoebe. But now once Twitter gets on something, I have to be right in the middle of it. Like I can't have everybody talking about something that I'm not a part of. So now I've like really taken this like investigative journalism of the couple on. But it's also because I feel like a few weeks ago we were having the conversation. I don't remember in regards to what, but about if a couple that's a well-known couple splits, you know, how expected is it that they're going to release a statement? One, what's the extent of their relationship, meaning if it's an engagement or if it's just a serious relationship or if it's more short-lived. And this is an example of where, not that it was expected, but it wouldn't have been shocking necessarily if there was a statement released. I mean, maybe with them, it wouldn't have been because they are kind of private, but I'm saying like, this was a prime example of just not getting confirmation and then potentially moving on and having the public kind of pick up the pieces, which is totally a fair move. But it just goes into the conversation we were having about what makes a celebrity make the decision one way or another. There's so many layers to this because I also think people aren't 100% prepared to say that her and Paul have broken up. Right. But I'm saying, hypothetically speaking, if they have, and she really is now maybe seeing Bo Burnham, just to follow that. Like this would be an example of not releasing a statement, allowing the public to figure it out on their own, and then relatively publicly being seen, which I think is a completely fair route. It's just interesting because I think some people really find a lot of comfort in releasing a statement so that there can never be speculation of potential cheating. And here's the other layer of this. Here's the other layer of it that we cannot forget about. Paul Mescal is also incredibly close with Daisy Edgar Jones, who was in Normal People as well as co-star in that, They dressed up together for Halloween. I think Phoebe Bridgers was there. Like maybe they were together at the party. I don't know, but she was definitely with her at the time, according to the internet. And so that was another layer of it. I don't know. There's a lot of layers to that. I'm curious to see how this plays out. I'm curious to see if her and Bo Burnham post a photo together on Instagram confirming it without ever receiving official confirmation of the Paul Mescal breakup. That's the kind of stuff I'm here for. 
And you know how the Phoebe Bridgers and Paul thing started, right? She tweeted, I don't remember which came first, the chicken or the egg. I mean, people know, I just don't know. She tweeted about being a fan of normal people and he tweeted about being a fan of her. And then they got together after that. It was like a mutual admiration of work. It wasn't like a normal Hollywood thing where they like met or they went on a date. Like they met from being fangirls of each other. That's what was my dream for Lizzo and Chris Evans. (laughs) I know, I know. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter-looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. In terms of the Kardashian recap, we really are not trying to talk about Kanye, but I think it's relevant to mention this just in terms of Kim. So Kanye was seen for the first time in about a month with this woman who initially was being referred to as, quote, mystery blonde. You know, Kanye West spotted with mystery blonde at Waldorf Astoria in Beverly Hills. It turns out this woman is an architect working at Easy. Her name is Bianca Sensori or Sensory. I'm not sure exactly how to say her last name. And it then comes out that they had apparently gotten married. So a source told TMZ that they had a wedding ceremony, haven't filed the marriage certificate to make it legal, but that when they were seen at the Waldorf Astoria, he was wearing a wedding ring. And then which I had no idea about this because his music career is not something I at all follow anymore. But I guess last month he released a song called Sensory Overload, but spelled C-E-N-S-O-R-I, like her last name. So I don't know if it's Sensory is really her last name and it's just a play on words. Either way, there's a line in the song that says, and the Bible said, I can't have any more sex till marriage. So people are, of course, taking that line and running with it, saying maybe in his mind, the reason they could finally have sex is if they were to get married. I have no idea. I honestly have no interest in talking about it. I only am interested in talking about it through the lens of Kim, which is, I think she's probably thinking, what the fuck? I'm interested in talking about it through the lens of a, like a hack. Like you can just get fake married to be able to have premarital sex. That seems like something people should know about. <laughs> Well, Connie's entire thing is just like a a walking hypocrisy to what he preaches, you know? I mean, I can't even get started on it. Something that I will say that has made me um, happy throughout this whole thing is that while I have seen this story posted, it doesn't feel like a usual Kanye story where everyone's talking about it and tweeting about it. Like there's been very, very little, if any, discussion about this fact. And that has made me feel really content with the story being out there in the first place. Right, where like his every move is is not getting covered anymore, which is exactly what I want to stop doing right now. So I would like to transition into Chicago's fifth birthday party. Happy birthday, Chicago. It was Hello Kitty themed at Kim's house. Pink carpet, pink everything, Hello Kitty. Kim was wearing an I Love You Chicago shirt. Obviously last year, her birthday party was a source of a lot of contention between Connie and the family. It was something he spoke about a lot. No idea whether or not he was there, but The party looked adorable and all of these parties at a certain point, it's like, what else can you do to entertain kids? They have the slime station, they have the Hello Kitty theme. It all kind of blends into one, but they still look so much fun. Like I 100% would jump into that ball pit. I would not turn down an invite to any of these. And by the way, I know the candy at these slap. 
Okay, I wanted to mention this. I feel like at the kids' parties, we always see so much candy and cookies and sweets, and it looks delicious, but also very aesthetically pleasing. And this was one of the first where we saw real food. I saw a crudite. I have never in my life seen a crudite at a Kardashian kid's birthday party. I saw a ramen bar. I was like, this is the party you're going to go to to eat. If I'm being honest, I just think that Chicago has more advanced taste. You know what? She probably does, and that's no disrespect to Rain. You know what? I was watching, (laughs) one of my favorite things to do on TikTok is watch clips of the Kardashians while like there's a video stitched of it doing something else under it. I like can't explain it. But like I have watched so many different clips of the Kardashians just on TikTok as if I've never seen the show before. And the clip that came up recently was when Kim and Courtney were fighting about the Candyland theme birthday. And Courtney was saying how she didn't want to have candy at it. And Kim was like, this is so ridiculous. Like it is a Candyland theme birthday. We're obviously having candy. And so they have this whole back and forth throughout the whole episode. We all remember it well. There's that scene where it like really reaches ahead where Courtney's like, I'm just saying like, there's other alternatives to candy or there's other candy that's not as bad for you. And Kim is like, no, we're not doing this. And then, and then, at the end of the episode, Kim's like, yeah, we had too much candy. Maybe Courtney was right and we could have scaled back a little. And I was watching this. I was like, why are you admitting wrongdoing here? Courtney never said to scale back. Courtney said to not have that kind of candy at all. And that's where I think I, their problems really reached ahead. <laughs> I will never forget that fight because I was so team Kim on that one. Like, I know Courtney is technically right and are those chemicals in the candy good for kids to have? No, but also it's a birthday party with a Candyland theme. What do you expect? I mean, no, I'll never forget that fight either. By the way, Kim was right in the end by saying, or Kim was, Courtney was right in the end by saying it was too much candy. Like we didn't need that much. It all went to waste, probably like too much waste at these birthday parties. I completely agree. But their birthday party that was Candyland themed did not need only organic candy. That was, that was a ridiculous request from Courtney. She was, she was like a lot to handle that season. I know, but that's because she wasn't so happy. Now she's so happy. I bet. I bet those kids are having lollipops at the house now. I was about to say, there's probably fucking razzles at that house. There, are, I bet you the Barker house has peanut M&Ms. Every house should have peanut M&Ms. Yeah, that's a, that's a must. To your point, though, about watching clips on TikTok as if you've never seen the show, I always think about it from the perspective of someone who really hasn't seen the show. Not never, but was never let's say a religious watcher and now is starting to get bits and pieces because <laughs> they don't know what season it's from, right? So like they can't tell you if it's season 20 of Keeping Up, if it's season one of the Kardashians or if it's season 10. If you really are unfamiliar, other than kind of what they look like, you don't have a sense. And my dad, did I tell you this? Last week, I guess he got a, a thing on his For You page on TikTok because we've kind of gotten, gotten him on TikTok and he goes to me, hmm, did you know Courtney Kardashian doesn't have such good Wi-Fi at her house? <laughs> No, you did not tell me that. And I was like, how did you know that? And then I realized he got a clip from that episode where Chloe's saying to her, Courtney, you live in this big ass fucking house and you don't have Wi-Fi. And Courtney's like, it's bad for you, the radiation. And Chloe's like, all right, we're going to die anyway. It may as well die with a Snapchat going through, which is so agree, but it just made me think of that. I can't believe he said that. That is so fucking funny. Em. <laughs> I know. You know what else I've realized about the Kardashian quotes? Because I was actually just looking at one before we started recording, which was like screenshots of quotes. And it was like one of those scroll through ones. I think that those quotes taken out of context and posted as just the picture are actually funnier than the way that they were said in the moment. A hundred percent. Wait, speaking of quotes... Kim was really going rogue on her story. She was pulling the serious Chloe, which I know we've spoken about before, but it's one of those things where like I genuinely, every single time I turn a blind eye to seeing it because I can't accept the fact that Kim is having a day and then decides to post a quote on Instagram. It's just something that I refuse to internalize. And she was really going through it. They were they were a little bit unhinged. I'm so glad you brought that up because those quotes were deleted. She deleted her stories. And all of the articles about her, like Kim deletes Instagram stories and quotes that she posted amid news that Kanye was remarried. And like, there was a part of me that was like, oh, like obviously she was just being weird and posting quotes. Like she just does that weirdly doesn't have anything to do with Kanye. And then for a second, I was like, maybe it does. Like, maybe it doesn't. She just like, we're just giving her too much credit. And she just like does weird things like that. Like, no. What? No. 
I refuse to believe that. I think that she posted the quotes because she was in a weird mood posting the quotes. And then coincidentally, the news of Kanye came out and she was like, oh, fuck, I'm not trying to make this association. And that totally could be. But remember when she was posting quotes around like the time of the Pete breakup? And we were like, this is so weird. Like, why is she acting like she got cheated on? And we were like, well, there's no way it has anything to do with Pete. There's no way she like got off the plane from Australia, felt a little weird about what had happened there and then posted a bunch of quotes on Instagram. But like, um, maybe she did. <laughs> I will die on this hill and telling you that it didn't work like that. I can't accept that her emotional reaction to situations is posting Pinterest quotes on her Instagram story. That's where I'm like, no, she that that's that's not Kim. I mean, I don't want it to be either, and I don't think that it is, but. A call, call it an intrusive thought, but sometimes it enters my brain. That for sure is intrusive. That's what I would say if a therapist were to ask me, what are your intrusive thoughts? Kim Kardashian emotionally reacting by posting cryptic quotes on her story. I need to ask them about it. I need Kim and Chloe to sit in front of me and look me in the eye and tell me why. Okay, here's a really good question. And everyone else, please answer this as well. If you were given a choice, and I already know my answer, if you were given a choice between both Kim and Chloe never posting any cryptic quotes on their stories again or never being involved in any of these luxury giveaways again, what are you choosing? I would choose them never being involved in the luxury giveaways. <laughs> I was about to say, the quotes are looking real good when you hear that comparison, right? The quotes are looking <laughs> almost prolific when you hear that comparison. I almost, I almost want to take some of those, redo my yearbook and put in a senior quote from one of their Instagram stories in retrospect of hearing those two comparisons. I know, I know. That really just, you know, snapped me back to reality. Because the second I see, guys, amazing chance, luxury giveaway, 150K plus, I'm like, get the fuck out. I'm like, I have not ride or died for you for my entire life for you to get involved with some luxury Louis Vuitton giveaway. I can't, I can't entertain that. It's like, I, that's like the, I can't keep defending you, right? You know how I feel though also? Like society never posted a luxury giveaway or a quote. Like we would have absolute world peace. Yes. And you can really add to that. Also, and far lower, like those are the big two for sure. But you add into it, like if Scott Disick never started this bullshit champagne brand, number one, if the Kardashians never advertised for Fit Tea, if, oh my God, the list is endless. I can't believe people say that we can't criticize them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, these are like objective. I would I would look him in the eye and I would say, I absolutely adore you. The list of the reasons that I think you are phenomenal is endless. However, you got to cut this shit out. And I would support you. And Thanks. I would stick my head out and I would go, cosign. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I just want to mention is this is like, it's a, I feel that it's niche, but it's like really not niche. Kelsey Kalamine, also known as Father Kels, who's Stoss's best friend, had this 24th birthday party, Jersey Shore themed, which I first just want to say, as someone who is a diehard Jersey Shore watcher throughout high school, this really brought me back. And I appreciated not only the attention to detail, the very authentic looking confessional booths, the Karma nightclub sign, the frame photos of Snooki, the really going all out with the outfits, but especially having DJ Polly D there to DJ the party was really the icing on top. And it was just everything. I'm not even interested in like the Alex Earl of it all and the the crowd that it drew. And we could, in a second, we could talk about the speculation that Stoss and Jaden are hooking up. But just in general, I was so into this very nostalgic party theme. I mean, I was too. This was a big week for parties in LA, by the way. Yes. You had that. You had the OBB studios. You had Lori Harvey's birthday. Of course, all of the after parties for Golden Globes. And I'm sure tonight for Critics' Choice. I'm not lying. I swear on my life, I am not lying when I tell you that a Stas's birthday party, a Father Kel's birthday party, those types of events are far more enticing to me than like a Golden Globes. Same. No, same. Just in terms of wanting to witness interactions, because I think you get more out of that. I, I still think that at these very highly publicized award shows, everyone is on their best behavior. And at things like this, people just let loose. I, I, I completely, completely agree with you. Yeah, there's just an intimacy of it. And also like, it, it allows me to understand in a very small fraction of it, 
what it was like in like the aughts in the nightclub scenes without cell phones. Like when they say like, you know, it was the craziest time of our lives. It was every famous person you could possibly think of, but zero accountability because nobody was filming anything and there were no pictures and no one said anything. Like obviously the parties today that we're seeing in LA are just not, that's just not the case. Like you still have to be on a certain amount of best behavior, but I do imagine in a situation like that, there is a sort of cone of trust where it's like, if you're at this party, like just be cool about it. That's how I felt about Stas's birthday party. Like, Kendall's Halloween party where Drake's there, like everybody's there. It's like this massive showing, but it's intimate because it's not like a sponsored event by an award show or an after party. I don't know. There's just something about it that gives me a glimpse into that. And I always just appreciate that so much more than like a real prestigious event. No, I totally agree with that. I don't know if we're in the minority, but I definitely feel the same way. There's something about it that does feel very, you know, early 2000s, young Hollywood, Paris at like Hyde nightclub. I do just want to mention this in terms of the TikTok of it all, because I think it's interesting. So for anyone unfamiliar, there's this girl, Alex Earl, who's a senior at University of Miami. And in the last few months, she's really risen in fame on TikTok. We're talking like growing millions of followers by the month, not to the extent of a Charlie or an Addison, but the trajectory is certainly increasing in a pretty rapid way. And she really initially got fame, if we're going to call it like it is, just for being, you know, very hot. She's like objectively a very hot girl. She posted this TikTok at a tailgate in Miami and it kind of got a lot of traction, whatever. Anyway, it also turns out she's been doing a lot of get ready with me's and makeup tutorials. And she seems to be a super sweet girl, really down to earth, even amidst everything that's going on. And what we're seeing with her on TikTok is what we see a lot where it's this like overwhelming fame. People are rushing to Sephora to buy every product she's ever used. And you see what I think considered to be terrifying, this like overwhelming obsession that really manifests itself in a, she can do no wrong, which of course is a vicious cycle because the second she does something a little bit wrong, it will, you know, take her out and whatever, all of that. Anyway, reason I want to mention it is it's so interesting to watch this girl posting these get ready with me's from her dorm room at University of Miami as the fame starts growing and growing. All of a sudden she's at the OBB studios party. She's at, you know, Kelsey's birthday party, not because she knows these people or is friends with these people, but that's how this works. It's like when we say, wait, how is Addison all of a sudden friends with everyone? And that's what we used to say with Charlie and with Dixie. It's because when people start to rise on TikTok to a certain level of fame, they get taken in by that world. They re- People recognize they're the next big thing. On some level, they need you know, the older TikTokers or the older YouTubers or young Hollywood, whatever it is, needs these people to maintain relevance. And that's how the cycle starts. And so I just think it's interesting to watch it in real time. It's the same reason you saw, you know, Addison hanging out with those people and Addison going to Pilates with Haley Bieber and you're wondering how that happened. This is exactly how it happens. Yeah, it's all just a very symbiotic relationship. But I I do think even, you know, relationship building and connection aside for a second, to watch Alex Earl in the past couple of months, obviously grow this obsession by the internet, like you said. So to go from that to it now being kind of her first time in LA and like, you know, taking on this quote scene there. And it's like, boom. You know what I mean? There was no hesitation. There was no like forced, I'm going to this event for this reason or this photo. It was like, boom, you're in LA. Here's this party, this party, this party, this party. That's what I'm saying. It is such a natural integration because relevance is potentially one of the most valuable currencies that we have specifically in the age of social media. And people realize that. A video with Alex Earl right now is going to get you more views perhaps than a video with like Kourtney Kardashian at the moment. That's just how it is because of all of the eyes being on someone's page. And when all of the eyes are on someone's page, you know, the algorithm then favors them. And watching the way that it all progresses, I think is super, super interesting, not only from a business lens and seeing the opportunity she's now going to be afforded. I'm literally talking only about the way that she's now able to so easily immerse herself in this crowd and just an interesting little case study in how this shit works. And I loved this content, all of it. Wait, let me just say one more thing about the Alex Earl thing, because now I'm really thinking about it. Don't you feel like she kind of skipped a level? Yes, I do. In terms of, forget about anything else, just in terms of the integration with like, quote, young Hollywood. Yes, I do. Because like you have these TikTokers, right? Like think about the earlier days of TikTok. Like, you know, they would get big on TikTok and then they followed this very specific pattern. They would come out to LA and they would meet the other TikTokers and then they 
you know, formed content houses. And then they kind of leveled up some of them to, to, you know, the young Hollywood crowd or the main Hollywood crowd. The Alex Earl thing is so fascinating to me because I don't think I've, or I don't think we've seen a TikToker in this way, kind of just so naturally become a part of young Hollywood in that way. Like almost the point where it's not just like they want to like get the views. I think they think it's really cool to be friends with her. Yeah. And I also think they're very aware of how quote cool a lot of TikTok thinks it is for them to be friends with her. The whole thing is interesting. And it's honestly a conversation that requires a lot more analysis if you want to do it right. Cause you have to take into account why she is where she is, why her and not some other people. I mean, there's a lot of very legitimate factors if you really want to do a breakdown of her rise, right? Which I know we're not doing. We're just talking about in terms of this one, you know, party. But yeah, I mean, the 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 whole thing is interesting and the TikTok fame never ceases to amaze me, really. I I couldn't agree more. I really could talk about it for hours and hours. Yeah. Anyway, is there anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it, kid. I think so too. Okay, we love you guys. We'll be back later this week for the bonus show and Isabel and I will be back for Bravo. By the way, just in terms of the the bonus show, of course, typically we like to make it a Kardashian bonus show. We like to do old episodes. If there's enough going on in the Kardashian world, we love to, you know, make it about that. Of course, when we're off season of the Hulu show. But sometimes when something else happens, we just like to take the opportunity to use the bonus show for that. So for example, last week with the Globes, I think this week we'll be able to do an old episode of Kardashians, but I saw some people wondering about that. So I just wanted to explain that that's the reasoning. Of course, it's our preference, but it seems like when there's something else overwhelmingly obvious going on, we like to take the opportunity to cover that with the bonus show. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.